For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you as we do week by week to join us here in this place this morning. And we trust that you are here with us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I remember back in the olden days when I used to play basketball. That's a true sentence now. Used to play basketball. A funny little drama would get played out every so often. Whenever I'd play with a new group of guys, there'd inevitably be a break in the action during which we'd sit on the side of the court, drinking water, panting, and chatting. And eventually the conversation would turn to what each one of us did for a living. Someone was a lawyer, someone a computer programmer, someone a graphic designer, ho-hum, no big deal. But then it would be my turn. And when I tell them that I was a minister, you could almost hear the record scratch. People's eyes would get big, they'd sort of choke on their water, it was just like a sitcom. But it wasn't just that I had a unique job, a job that they didn't know anybody else who did. My job was actually frightening. I could see it on their faces. I struck fear into their hearts. You'd have thought I told them that I was the Grand Inquisitor in 15th century Spain. What would happen was fascinating. Immediately, people would begin to apologize to me for, shall we say, the expletive-laden language that they had just been using in the game that we had just been playing. I'm so sorry, they'd say apparently ashamed that my holy ears had been burdened by their foul mouths. But that wasn't the best part. The best part was that during the next game, everyone would get half a swear word out and then jerk their head around to look at me with something like terror in their eyes and swallow the rest of the word as if their very life depended on it. It was amazing to watch. My superpower is implied judgmentalism. (laughs) This phenomenon is similar to the one that happens sometimes when I see a parishioner in the grocery store or at Target. This was particularly prevalent at an urban church I served years ago in New Jersey. None of you would act like this, of course. Oh, hi, the person would say, again, with a guilty look in their eyes. Great to see you. And then, after a hesitation, they'd say it. We're going to really try to start coming to church more often. (laughs) Again, Implied judgmentalism. You see what's happening here, right? In both of these cases, on the basketball court and at Target, I have become, in my person, a burden to people because of what I represent. Now, before they knew who I was, the guys I played basketball with felt they could swear freely. But as soon as they knew what I did... 
they felt like they couldn't. They became burdened. My parishioner in Target had been having a nice little shopping trip. But as soon as she turned the corner and saw me, she became weighted down with guilt. Again, burdened. All because of the things with which I'm associated. Church. Jesus. The world thinks of these things and therefore me as burdensome. But John, the apostle, here in our reading from his first epistle this morning, claims that the opposite is true. The love of God is this, he says, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. So where's the disconnect? My experience in life is totally different. My representation of the church out in the world, specifically in its laws, whether real or just perceived, is a burden to people. The guys I play basketball with found the commandment not to swear burdensome. My parishioner found the commandment to go to church burdensome. So how is it that John can claim that something that the world, and let's be honest, so many Christians, how can John claim that something that so many find so burdensome is actually not burdensome at all? And who among us, even us, sitting here this morning, didn't wince a little bit when we heard that reading? The love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. If you're anything like me, you hear that sentence and your mind immediately flashes to all the commandments you wish you were better at obeying. Turn the other cheek. Forgive 70 times 7. Do not bear false witness. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. So again, there must be some disconnect, right? John claims that these commandments and those like them, which seem so burdensome, that seem so impossible, are actually not burdensome at all. Something has to happen, right? Something has to intervene. There must be something that can turn something from burdensome into not burdensome. From impossible into possible. When my kids were very small, Peter Pan was one of our household's favorite films. I think for Hazel especially. We would watch Peter Pan over and over and over again. And there's a moment in the movie when Peter first agrees to take the darling children to Neverland that I think helps explain this disconnect. How the burdensome can become not burdensome. How the impossible can become possible. When the children hear that Neverland is the second star to the right and straight on till morning, they ask Peter how they're going to get there. And Peter exclaims that, of course, they're going to fly. But the children try and fail. They flap their arms, they scrunch up their faces, but they just can't get up off the ground. This won't do, Peter murmurs. What's the matter with you? All it takes is faith and trust. Aha, 
faith and trust. Maybe you see where I'm going with this, but don't get ahead of you. Don't get ahead of us. Hold up. We're going to get there in a second. No jumping ahead because that's not enough for the darling children. Faith and trust alone don't get the job done. Oh, Peter remembers suddenly and something I forgot. Dust, a little bit of pixie dust. So Peter grabs Tinkerbell, sprinkles a little bit of her dust on the kids and off they fly. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this, says John, is the victory that conquers the world. Our faith. How does the impossible become possible? How does what seems burdensome become not burdensome? It is faith that flips the switch. Faith that might enable the guys playing basketball with me not to see me as just some burdensome oppressor. Faith that might let the parishioner in Target see me as a brother in Christ rather than a simple reminder of her poor church attendance. Faith is what makes what could be a burden not a burden. Faith is what makes the impossible possible. But wait, you're saying, the illustration doesn't quite work. You just said that faith and trust weren't enough for the darling children. They tried and failed. What if we try and fail too? What if faith isn't enough for us? Does that put us outside the reach of the love and grace of God? Now, it is perfectly true that Wendy, Peter, and John couldn't fly on the power of faith and trust alone. But that was an insufficient kind of faith and trust, wasn't it? Remember, we're in a Disney movie here. That's not the kind of faith that John is talking about. John calls faith the victory that conquers the world. The darling children don't have that kind of faith. The kind of faith and trust they have doesn't even get them off the ground and moving toward Neverland. And here's the key, if you're following me here. They were trying to create faith in and from themselves. All internal. It was the pixie dust. That extra ingredient that made all the difference that was added from the outside. Now, all of a sudden, there is something other than themselves in which they can place their faith. And with faith in an external power, what happens? They fly. For the love of God is this, writes John, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. What was once burdensome God's commandments, the rules and regulations of an almighty God have now ceased to be a burden. And how? By the gift of faith. Outside of faith, proving our love for God by obeying his commandments is an unbearable burden. But 
Jesus says, as we remind ourselves each week, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all you who carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And how is it that Jesus gives rest? How is it that these commandments cease to be burdensome? John tells us clearly, the reason his commandments are not burdensome, he says, whoever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Victorious faith, the kind that John says conquers the world, is faith in something outside ourselves. Faith in someone who is not us, who is more than us, who is better than us, greater than us. Faith in Jesus Christ, the righteous and faithful Son of God, the one whose obedience is given to us by faith as a gift. We have no faith in ourselves. Instead, we place our faith gratefully, thankfully, with rejoicing in him. And now, in and on account of him, we can fly. Now, what does flight look like for us Christians? Our flying is simply a life lived in Christ. When St. Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, listen to how he describes them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, he says, there is no law. Against such things, there is no law. What an amazing thing to say. Another way to say that is that now that you are in Christ, there no longer needs to be any burdensome commandment. By the gift of faith and through the Holy Spirit, that switch has been flipped. Commandments have become promises and are therefore no longer a burden. They become fruit that springs forth from you naturally. It is God's work in your life. And now, in light of faith, Christ's invitation makes sense. Come to me. Come to me, you burdened. I will give you rest. So go to him. He has borne your burdens. He has been obedient to God's commandments and then given that obedience to you. And now, because of that, you can fly. And what does your flight look like? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. Faith 
conquers the world. But not a faith that we create in and for ourselves. World conquering faith is a faith given to us from the outside and is designed to be placed in someone who is outside of us, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, to love God is to keep his commandments. And the good news is that in Christ, God actually gives us what he requires of us. We love because he first loved us. By faith, what would have been a burden becomes a gift. We love because he first loved us. And now, the same Christ who tells you what it is to love God bids you, the weary and burdened, to come to him. Come and believe that he is the Son of God. Come. And receive his free gift of righteous obedience. Receive it and rest. Come and be renewed. Come and be restored. Come to Jesus and live. Amen.